It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy. Following the recommendation of Dr. Umatana Nazarel, you set out for the Ranakir system and the sun-baked lump of rock otherwise known as the planet Mokatel. Any chance of starting your search for the wayward Dr. Marty Bonham was waylaid by the band of pirate ships who ambushed you immediately after you arrived through the system's jump gate. You were on track to defeat the tiny ragtag fleet, but then Lorelei intervened and turned your enemies into an escort. What do you do next? You've been flying for two weeks, so I'll take two reputation checks for Schlepp's fame. Yeah, this is totally- I totally won't fuck up immediately. Okay, um, well I rolled a 16, then I add 12 to that. Oh God. <laughs> so 28. Yeah, you get plus one for your fame slash reputation. Ooh, that was a 29. Wow, okay. <laughs> so with those two successful roles, that means that the content you put out on Schlurp's social media pages over the two weeks of your travel time to Mokatel, uh, you put out some really good content and you gain a bunch of followers, which means that you get two additional reputation points, which will give you a nice little bonus if you ever have to try and use your fame to do something in the world. Yeah, I think there were definitely a lot of like pet selfies in there. Yeah. What's your <laughs> reputation score at? I think you started, I think we started you at a four. Um, no, it's, I started on my at... sheet, I'm at a plus two. Okay, so then plus another two. So you're now at plus four. Now I'm a plus four. That means if Schlurp wants to try and use fame, they can almost use it like a scalp. So they can be like, have you heard of synth rhythm? but they have to maintain it because that's how fame works, baby. But yeah, okay, so what'd you guys do? Lorelei, you've given the group an escort down to the planet and like the two, the ships that you were fighting are starting to like move away almost expectantly. Lorelei just sits and looks and is like, fuck, fuck, I just did that, fuck, oh no. Oh no. Lorelei? What if she's there? What just happened? Because that was not how I was expecting this to go. No. No, me neither. I was very much planning on turning into a frog and hiding in Corel's bag through the entirety of the city. Um, now I can't do that. Um, oh no. Uh, Lorelei? Yes? Is there any chance that you and... Tali ended things amicably? Um, it was... She just sort of left. Okay. So, you know why I left Horus in the first place? I left to find the map piece. She did the same thing two years earlier, and I asked her to wait for me, and she didn't. So... So she... Became involved with someone else, or Junie coughs. <laughs> uh, maybe after she left, maybe before she left. I don't really know. I haven't 
spoken to her since she left. I actively avoided her for the entire three to five years that I was searching for the piece of my star map. And I was planning on continuing to avoid her, but um, obviously that is no longer possible. Well, there is the chance that she isn't on planet because she's gotten particularly prolific over the past couple of years. Um, so let's just hope she isn't there. Yeah, I mean, I think for our own reasons, our plan was to avoid her if at all possible. <laughs> yeah, we have history. <laughs> I've been meaning to ask, what did you do? Um, what didn't we do? While this is going on, I'm just going to send the ship after the escort. Cause I, I think gonna... Junie is currently piloting. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you can kind of like lean over her and be like, just, just go. Just go. Yeah, yeah, Corel was like... piloting, but is now too invested in this conversation. Folks. In, in our defense, she did stuff first. She sort of kidnapped my sibling a bit. Did none of us remember? None of us fucking remember. It was like wasn't it like a year and a half ago? It was five years ago. It was three hundred years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was four real life years ago. Yeah, four real life years ago. But we still don't know what the fuck we were doing with D and D. I will. Okay, Crick, you're trying to remember this, right? Can we do it? Can we do history checks? For our personal history. Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna let you do a history check for your personal fucking history. Uh, Eleven. Wow, okay. What did you get, Schlepp? I remember. Man, Jack of All Trades is really good. Do you um, remember, Leonie? I remember. A 16, uh, dirty 20. Okay. Le- Leonie remembers everything. Crick so. doesn't remember, essentially. He's like, I don't know, she was that deal we were rude to a few times. Schlepp <laughs> remember- remembers because they were rude to Tali on several occasions. So they're like, fear has imprinted it upon their mind. <laughs> Leonie. Seeing as you actually remember what happened, would you parody like to update the crew? <laughs> I believe I was set on fire. I remember that. That that was the second time that we met her. There were two parts to it. So the first thing is they kind of had something that we needed or, you know, they took something that wasn't theirs and we went down to the planet and they were pirates and weren't up to much good. And then she trapped us in this like imaginary mind sphere puzzle. Oh, she did that. Yeah. And then Slurp's sibling died. And then yep. we had to capture her. And then there was a really awkward two weeks on the minnow with all of us and Tali. Does no one remember this? This is why I will no longer step oh, foot in the no, minnow. Oh, no, I do remember that, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, mostly yeah. remember the part where my sibling died. So. We kept her tied Jeannie up. Waves, Jeannie waves the hand and is like, Slurp's siblings are always dying. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Judy, not cool. <laughs> I put my hands over Schlurp's. No, no, that's fair. I, I that, that's fair. That's tip for tat. I got her earlier. <laughs> I, 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 I have a shocked face, and I put my hands over Schlurp's audio receptors. No, no, just to stroke their head. That was justified. That she's she's got one on me now. No, sorry, I'm on edge too. Um, Lorelei, same, samezies. Oh yeah. Oh um. Did you wait? What? Oh yeah. She was confident. Yeah, yeah. You get it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. The confidence, the and, uh, and the fire. The way she kind of dresses like a magician. It's kind of good. 
Can I just try something? Um, they haven't explicitly said that they dated. Can I roll an insight check to see if yes, they can understand? Ah, oh, 15, he does. Oh! Oh, yeah, they absolutely dated. You dated! I rolled a nat 20. <laughs> you, okay, with a nat 20, Schlurp, you're able to infer that uh, Judy, like Laura... Junie's situation not quite like Lorelei. Like um, for Junie, it was like more of a bit of fun, but like if that makes sense, it wasn't quite as serious. But yeah, they did date. I love how this is when I get the nat twenty on is hot goss. I hope you don't need that nat twenty later. <laughs> yeah, in a, in battle, get a one. Whoops. Well, I guess I'm dead now. At least I knew that Junie and Tarly dated, and it wasn't that serious. And it was just basically a fling. <laughs> I die knowing it was a fling, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, anyway, uh, our, we should probably head down to the planet, right? I get why she would be annoyed by all of the things you described, but she's also annoyed by a lot of things. Why is it particularly bad that it's you guys? Well, Schlepp did break her horns off. Or did I do that? <laughs> I think I sold the horns. <laughs> That was after she shot a giant fireball at us and we all nearly died. Yeah, she made us very on fire. Lorelei, are you alright? You look a bit shocked. The problem may be that we sent her to prison. Yeah. Twice. We did send her to prison a couple times. And that can make anybody a little ticked off. I think the the horns got to her. Um, yeah. Yeah, I figure they would. I made those. Oh. Oh. Hmm. I'll just oh. be. I'll be out here. I'll be over there. So going ballistic over the horns means Tali's totally over you, right? <laughs> um, she also left me a message a couple of years ago, but I haven't been in contact since. Um, but yeah, I made those. You sold them. I, we were short of money at the time. We were trying to save the galaxy. We were level two. <laughs> yeah, we. <we're- laughs> We were so weak and poor. We didn't have two pennies to run together. Corel had to sell their own friggin', you know, like, uh, spit. Benner. Yes, yes, I saw They were my... selling their own bodily fluids. That's how desperate we were for money. It's true. It's true. Listen, it it's... It sound it's... like you were just like... It's like if I went around selling my own piss to raise cash. That's how bad we were broke. I'm not defending selling the horns. I'm sorry we did. We didn't know they were yours, but um, yeah, yeah, we did it. They were they were nice horns, which is why we (laughs) sold them. I'm going to stop talking. Yes, I think that would be a very, very good idea. Um, I'm going to make some tea. And Laura Lee just walks off and makes herself some tip leaf tea. As Lorelei exits the bridge um, for the little kitchen further back, Junie pushes the ship forwards um, following your little escort. Ahead of you, Mokatel, is a ruby and rust marble with only thin wisps of cloud to protect it from the relentless glare of its star. This planet is a miserable scorched twin clinging to habitability by its fingernails while its ocean world sister Azalea basks in the milder warmth that comes with orbiting just a little further in. A little further out even. (gasps) Whoops. There's a surprising amount of traffic around Mokatel as you approach, given that this planet is this kind of sun-ravaged waste. 
Uh, as you follow this kind of miscreant escort down through the edge of the planet's, planet's thin atmosphere, you glimpse other ships in the distance making the same journey as you. Then your windows and your hull heat up with the familiar glow of re-entry and you lose all of that to view. Uh, a minute passes, uh, two. Slowly, the glow flickers and fades and your windows clear, revealing a dramatic sweeping landscape of swirling sand and stone. You see endless empty plains, lonely rocky spires. You see nothing. And then you see the fissure. A tear in the earth, so wide and so deep it is as if the very planet is ripping apart along this seam. And all along that terrible gap, you can see the unnerving glare and glow of liquid rock boiling somewhere deep within. The little escort leading you, which is this little chroma ship, slows down, and then your console crackles as it hails you. By this time, Lorelei's come back and is hold holding her tea and is like, deep breaths, Lorelei, deep breaths wanders up and is like yes hello <laughs> love the voice it goes um we're just approaching the tourmaline approach path uh go slow sticking our tail and whatever you do don't go outside the shield beacons or your ship will be toast you got it yes carry on the com like cuts off and then the ship moves on again um as you Enter the as you like come up to the most dangerous part of this escape path. Um, I think is Junie piloting. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make myself do a piloting check to see whether you're successful uh, in uh, sticking into the flight path. As you kind of carry on following this chromos, chromos towards the fissure, it comes closer and closer until it's close enough that the glow coming from within has kind of blotted out most of the sky. And it's at this point, right on the edge of this miasma of red light, that you see the first ring of shield beacons. Um, there's a snaking line of them kind of forming a tube that extends out and then down into the fissure out of sight. I'm going to go check on the engines. And Judy kind of glances at you and is like, uh, Faz, you all right? Yeah, it's fine. I'm just going to go check on the engines. And I'm going to go. I'm going to leave quite quickly. As you're leaving, Corel give like a, a quick insight check just to see if Faraday would rather not be followed. Yeah, go ahead. Do an insight check. 18. Uh, Faraday would rather not be followed unless it is Junie or Corel. Okay. Corel waits a, 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 a couple of minutes, then slightly sneakily follows Faraday. Okay. Uh, Faraday, where do you go into your ship? Somewhere where there's things I can fix. Probably the engine room yeah. then? So yeah, you go back through the med bay into the engine room behind that and it's just kind of hot and cramped and you can see pistons whirring and the crack of electricity. And yeah, Corel, that's where you find Faraday. Okay, I just sort of sidle up and go, Hey, buddy. Um, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fixing the engines. It's fine. Yep, and doing a... Good job. <laughs> oh, bless Corel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all working, so yeah, I guess I am doing a good job. So, let's be clear, I understand almost nothing about romantic relationships, you know, regardless of species, really. 
this is out of my area of experience. Do, do you think Junie and I are fighting? Um, well, it was sort of, I was just checking. I know enough that that news might affect something. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I kind of knew, but it wasn't my place to tell. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit scary because she likes that she's confident and I'm not. But that's not the issue. The issue is landings have been kind of hard lately. How do you mean? Well, as someone with a ship, it gets kind of difficult to pilot one when you freak out every time there's a landing, unless it's the jellyfish. But it's fine, because I'm... It's fine. Out of character, is this what I think it is? It's... Because of what happened to the KJ-1, yeah. I I think Corel does make that connection. I get it. I get... I get that. Yeah? I mean, obviously, not my favourite thing in the world at the moment, either. But you still managed to do it. I don't know, it just seems stupid. It's like something I need to get over, but... It's just hard, and I know it's been weird lately, and yeah, it's just, we don't really talk about it, but you, you died. You were gone, Corel. You, you left me, and that's not supposed to happen. I still, that, <sighs> you brought me back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's so a bit fuzzy in my mind, but I definitely wasn't there, and then, then I was somewhere else, and then I was... And then you came back. And I'm so grateful. It is, you know, just one of the many amazing things that you've done in the time I've known you. I will always bring you back so please don't go too far or I can't follow Corel sort of pats Faraday on the shoulder I'm gonna like hug Corel and then um, I'm gonna pull that out of my pocket of my jacket I have two necklaces that were in the workshop that I took and like it's half of a partners in crime necklace (laughs) do you wanna be party cry or Nerzanim. <laughs> I like Nerzanim. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would. It's kind of like, um, I've been working on it a long time and I'm pretty sure it works, but essentially if something bad happens, like obviously I kind of need to be there, but this should tide you over. Um, it has like, um, fuck, what's the spell? How can I not remember? The spell of dying. Yeah, Ooh. it has... So it has Spare the Dying enchanted into it. So um, if Corel were to drop to zero hit points, essentially they're going to be stabilised without her being there because it's one of her cantrips. But yeah, I'm going to put my necklace on. I will be a par- party cry. <laughs> party cry. Apparently it does seem like the kind of person who would cry at a party. <laughs> Corel has a little trouble, tries to get around their neck, but struggles and then just sort of puts it around their arm. Oh, very good. <laughs> would you mind just... Sitting with me until we land, would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, that'd be okay. 
back in the bridge. Junie is in the main captain's chair, very kind of sweat on her brow, following the Chromis through the snaking tunnel of border beacons. <laughs> um, I think I sit down, I don't know, whichever seat is free next to her. Okay. Um, and I and I think I'd say, so sorry about about earlier when I said you the whole thing with the with the gun. I'm I'm sorry. It's been been a time and I guess when I'm angry I lash out of people I like which is annoying but yeah so Junie kind of glances sorry. at you like but tries to keep her eyes forward and is like oh what do you mean like I I don't I don't remember what, what did you do I mean there was that there was that thing with the, with the with the guns and you said oh I'm not a fighter person and I said well I am and then oh Oh god, I didn't even remember that. Sorry. Um I get a bit scrambled sometimes like remembering things. Um no, no. Uh yeah, no, it's it's fine, Slurp. Like we all have things we need to work on. Like life is a process of continually learning and growing. Right. Did Faraday tell you about the thing that I told everyone? Like the big thing? Judy kind of looks a bit blank for a second as like is this about you being synth rhythm? <laughs> how, how did you know? No, this is no, this, no. This is this is um this is another thing actually. What is it? Okay, long long story short. Two years ago, back when we were doing back when we were doing that doing that fight, um, in, in Yentao. In Yentao. Um, remember how remember how I was like the little cleaning robot for a while? I wasn't. Wait. Oh, I do remember. You were um, the Mopsy unit. Yeah, that was me. That I was the Mopsy. I had little mop hands. <laughs> that sounds real. I, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. No, it was a. It's a situation to laugh at. Schlopsy. <laughs> I don't think like Crick's had listening, and they just he just says this to himself. That's the only <laughs> thing he says is schlopsy. <laughs> he just looks upwards and he's like schlopsy. <laughs> yeah. So. During the fight, during the kind of final fight, I guess you call it, um, I sort of got hit by a fireball, and you know that place your mum showed us? Yeah, she calls it the grey place. I mean, okay, so, two things. It has a name, but it's not the grey place. Well, no, I didn't think it was. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be funny if we just called like, oh, where do we live? It's the grey place. (laughs) You give it a bit of name. No, um, it is the... That's the Pantheon. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like with um the things you guys have started seeing? Yeah, that that thing. And you know the library she talked about that she only got to see a few times? Yeah. I sort of spent six months there. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Um, I have been there. And I came back. And some of my pals went a bit screwy. And that's why I look like this now. Your new body comes from the great the the the, the pa- I I guess I don't know where else it would have come from. Like, is there like a machinist shop in the sky? I don't know. I was just in a big library the whole time, and sometimes this big bug man came by and <laughs> did and was with me. I didn't. I, Barely saw anyone. I didn't really see anyone else while I was there. Let alone someone who made machines. So I guess the big bug man made it. 
Maybe, I don't know. He didn't seem like he knew much about machines, but what do I know? Uh, well, I can see that this is something that's like really bothered you. So like, thank you for telling me. Um, are you okay? Mm. Oh, uh, there's, a, there's a dolphin here. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but seriously, are you okay? I told everyone like a few days before we went off on, on this journey, Preacher was really angry. Crick handled it better, but Slurp. he was so disappointed. Slurp. Yeah. Did you only tell Preacher that you like went down like this week? Well, two weeks ago. Yeah, two years after it happened. You shouldn't sound so cheerful about that. That'll be why she's angry. I mean, yeah. It's not because she, like, it's hard to explain. It's like, it's not that she's, like, angry with you. It's that she's scared that you won't tell her something important. I mean, I say most things, but this was just a very strange thing. And I didn't really tell many other people, so... Well, thank you for telling me. Um, Shlurp, if you ever end up with something big and weird like that again, just if you people aren't clairvoyant, like if you tell them, they can help you with it. But if you don't tell them, they might never know. And you'll just be stuck struggling with it by yourself. Like Faz started telling me that she struggles with what happened in Yentao and the crash and everything. And that got her on antidepressants and we're seeing people and talking about it. And I'm trying to work out why I can't remember things that often. And that's only because I've reached out. But I know reaching out can be hard. So if you ever need help reaching out, let me know. Maybe I can help. God knows, like, I definitely learned not to reach out. And that's because of my mom. She's not really the kind of person you go, mom, I'm struggling to... Darling, why? <laughs> that is a spot on impression. Wait, wait, like, wait, no. <clears throat> it's me, la it's me, Lady Zenith. Oh. oh, look, oh, look at me in my big, in my big room. Look at my cool black chair. Oh, it's so big. Aren't you intimidated? I have snakes carved on my ceiling. Do you get it? I'm sneaky. I like visual metaphors. <laughs> She does like visual metaphors, that's right. <laughs> Crick again off the side. But anyway, if you ever need help, just reach out. I know these guys traveled with you more, but I do care about you. Yeah, I, I, I care about you. And you're kind of like my sibling-in-law, because like, you call Faraday your sister, and I'm married to her. Yeah, I guess that's kind of, I guess that makes us related. I don't know, I... I mean, I've picked up enough family members. I can just kind of keep picking up more. I ain't nothing wrong with that. And she's going to elbow you very gently and just go, right, I need to concentrate just for this this terrifying looking dive thing. Yeah, you're doing very well. Good job with that. And I'm going to roll my piloting check. I got a nat 20, guys. Nice. Yay! Nice. <laughs> Amazing. There are, in our world, Certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven, as a local teen has been found dead under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult because 
I don't blink. So. Oh my God. The monstrous. <laughs> and then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. <laughs> or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too, and she put glass their fake glasses. <laughs> Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? <laughs> In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High. So did I hear those two talking? Yeah, you're probably in the bridge with them. So I heard <laughs> Ginny say that Schlurf is effectively their sibling. Oh no. <laughs> Does this mean I am Junie's father-in-law. No. By extension, that that is the, that is the natural extension of what was being said. So Quicks, they're sitting there like, so, oh, oh I have another child. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with found family. Just, it kind of keeps growing. It's like, oh no, not to keep track. <laughs> I, just, I looked away for two seconds and another child just popped up out of nowhere. Boof. Out of nowhere. You've known Junie for like four years. God, uh, <laughs> Amazing. So, so many children. Junie rolls a nat 20 on her piloting check and she ramps up the engines of the KJ. The ship like kind of roars for a second around you and shoots forwards over the edge of this fissure and then down into it. Immediately as you kind of tip over and like the angle of the ship becomes very steep, you see down into the fissure at this churning mass of molten rock deep beneath you. Uh, vapors hit the front of the ship like a wave, sending the air shimmering and sparking with a thousand tiny embers that float like tiny scarlet suns. Ahead, this twisting pathway dives deeper and deeper and then hooks sharply to the side and almost seems to dive to the left into the side of the fissure. But as Junie kind of shoots down it in the wake of the Chromis and descends, you see that the, the wall of the fissure actually hooks sharply and into an overhang. And beneath this overhang, under an immense rocky shelf, is a city. Could I please take a perception check? Can I impose disadvantage on myself? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, anyone over 20? 21. 21! Okay, who's got high... Wait, we crawl oh, wait, high we're in the engine room. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys oh, can't no. see. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. You guys can't see. Anyone who isn't for Corel and Faraday, did you get over 20? No. Okay, 15 to 20? 18, if you let me keep it. Yeah, you can keep it. Yeah! Uh, 10 to 15? I got a 14. Okay, Lorelei, what did you get? <laughs> I rolled a 10. Then with my disadvantage, I got a nat one. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Just staring right into your teacup. Uh, yeah, I think as the ship levels out and you can see this overhang, Lorelei just happens to look into her teacup in the second the city comes into view and is just staring at the dregs of her cup. Completely misses the city outside. Is like, oh yeah, a cool fisher. And everyone we... else is like, whoa. When did we arrive at a city? <laughs> 
just looking looking at the leftover tea leaves and is like, hmm, I never get, did get into tea reading. This is probably a bad omen. Don't know why, but it probably is. You will miss out on some on something amazing. <laughs> Crick, with an 18, you see a city that drips in long metal spires and spears down into the fire and flame below. The signs of abandoned industry are everywhere. You see shattered brown glass, immense silent pumping stations and wheelhouses, these huge factory buildings that have been torn apart and reformed into impromptu squares and landing pads and apartment blocks. Everywhere you look, even like out from this distance when you haven't landed yet, you can see how the people of this place are popping up everywhere through its cracks and crevices like weeds. Uh, old industrial signs have been painted over. Workplace housing has become shops and bars, and you can see minecarts whizzing past, carrying passengers rather than ore. Uh, your comms crackle again, and the pilot of the Chromis that has like led you down here um, says, uh, "Welcome to Tourmaline." Uh, yes, thank you. Um, where can we land? Just follow me. You want the big pad on the left over the. Sudden terrible death deathly drop. Is there like a non-deathly drop option? <laughs> and the com cuts off. I'm going to take that as a no. Yeah, that's a no. When they said city on a desert planet, I was expecting like big billowy sails and um sort of beige buildings in the sand. Not this. Yeah, no, there's no beige here. It's all like black metal everything's soot stained there are like bright colorful flags everywhere it's very chaotic give it to tali to settle in one of the most chaotic and dangerous looking places okay uh does anyone need anything from me here or shall i go stand and stare at the door that might open up to my doom you're gonna land with Lorelei just staring at the, <laughs> the airlock like i can't wait to die Someone please help Lorelei. We can't. <laughs> I mean... Right. Uh, I'll do it, I'll do it. Lorelei, <laughs> let's talk, okay? Let's talk for a second. Okay, are you okay? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. What's on your mind? Um, Clearly something is. Yes, my ex-girlfriend, the first person I ever loved, um, who I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with before she spontaneously disappeared overnight without telling me about it could potentially be in this city and I might have to talk to her for the first time since I was 16 years old. I am now 27, Crick. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting this today. I'll deal with it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> No, it look, has look, to be fine. I know that's that's very intense, but you are not dealing with it alone, and you don't have to. I mean, firstly, this is a big city, and we're not exactly going to go out of our way looking for her. I've announced myself at this point. If she's here, she'll announce herself. Well, then we'll have some warning, won't we? But also, my point being, if we do run into her, you're not facing her by yourself. You have all of us with you. And if things go well, then they go well. And if things aren't going so well, then we've beaten her twice before, so... I don't want to fight her. No, well, neither do I. It didn't go too well for me the last time. 
That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but- Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, brutal. Sorry, that was rude. Sorry. No, it's okay. It, it, it's, um, she, she is um, we quite, weak, quite ruthless. We were weak babies. I believe one way to put it is she is a lot. She is a lot. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that you don't have to suffer alone in silence. Everything that we're going to face in this adventure together, we are facing together. And that includes monsters and ex-girlfriends. So don't don't stare at the door. Come over with me and we'll have some tea together, okay? Okay. You're you're not allowed tea, please. Not now. Oh no, don't worry. I meant human tea. I meant human tea for me, tip leaf for you. Wow, you're gonna arrive on, on Tomaline and Crick's gonna high have disadvantage because he's high on tea. <laughs> human tea! Human tea! <laughs> Leaves! Lorelei and Crick go downstairs. The kind of central floors of the Catherine Johnson 2 uh, upstairs is the bridge and downstairs has all the living area stuff like the kitchen, the med bay, the living room with the giant fake TV. Fake TV? Fake TV? I need a projection TV. I don't know why I said a fake TV. It's like one of those dollhouses where it's just a picture pasted over <laughs> the top. It's just a big yeah. photo of we, a television. We, br- we brought the TV to make um, Schlurp feel more comfortable. So as you two go downstairs, uh, you are still in the central central two floors of the ship, so you still have these huge wraparound windows. So you can still see the view as you approach down and you kind of put the kettle on and stand in the little kitchenette together. Lorelei just walks up to Crick and just sort of leans. Aww. And because she's so and because she's so tiny, she probably maybe gets up to like Crick's hip. Yeah. <laughs> sort of leans there and just closes her eyes and is like Hmm. I put my hand around her shoulder. Hey, Crick, it's another child. <laughs> oh, no. no! Another one appears! Fudge no, city! Man, no, that's, a ali- of- that's illegal. Lorelei <laughs> 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 has parents, and Lorelei <laughs> loves Crick dearly, but he's Crick is more like soft older brother. Oh, that's still very Aww. wholesome. Yeah, yeah. Directly above your heads as you stand in the kitchenette, Lorelei, uh, not Lorelei, Junie, makes another piloting check to see if she can land you safely. And she rolled, she rolled an 18. So yeah, another successful piloting check. Um, as you kind of stand downstairs brewing your tea, schlep, you're upstairs sitting next to Junie's elbow. I imagine Corel and Faraday, you're still sat on you because you don't want to watch as you land. Okay, so you're in the back, so you can't see this. But yeah, Junie brings the ship down, slows it down. You kind of feel the deceleration. And then you kind of hear the the kind of groaning whine of the KJ2's fins, like this long pectoral fins rotating to form its little tripod of legs. And yeah, with a clunk, you land on the ground because this city doesn't have magnet cradles. So the KJ is standing on its own fins on the ground of a, of a different world. And we finally did the space thing and went to another planet. Yay! Yes! <laughs> As Junie kind of reaches out across the console and just goes one, two, three, it's just kind of slowly powering down each system one at a time. Um, you hear your comms, your com, your com console pings again. Lorelei opens her eyes and goes, "That's the comms ping. Shit!" and scurries upstairs to see, to see if she can get to it before anyone else does. Roll me a dexterity check. Seven. <laughs> No, Judy definitely gets there before you. Judy just kind of like her hands are full, but she kind of reaches over and smacks it and is like, hello? 
and the comms panel crackles and then you hear that same call, that same um chromis pilot say uh, so you're in tourmaline now uh welcome to the most precarious city this side of the galaxy uh you said you had a lorelei on board who knows the boss Pete, Pete, you answered it junie answered it oh my god it's me <laughs> it me though <laughs> Lorelei tripped and still scurrying over. Lorelei spilt her tea. Lorelei, sure, she spilt all that tea. Oh no, she's everywhere. She spilt, she's just slipping. I forgot. I, I feel talking. like Faraday and Crow can come back now. I forgot I was talking to myself. <laughs> I thought Junie was another person. <laughs> and Junie replies and goes, uh, yeah, uh, I don't really know what the deal is with that. Uh, Lorelei, are you here yet? And you arrive on the scene. Yes, uh, it's Lorelei Wide Wanderer here. Thank you for the escort. We will be going on our way now. Have a nice day. Try not to attack ships that could beat the shit out of you. Goodbye. And clicks the comms off. And then it gets cut off. Should we, like, get off the ship before they're like, we should send someone to go take those people to the boss? Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking. Um, do you know where the other two are? Well, I can ask the KJ, and Junie taps a different panel, and the ship AI wakes up with a flash of green light and then goes, Hi, everybody! Hi, KJ! Hello! It's It's been... Ha- oh, well, this is a very dangerous place. I'm glad I let you guys fly. Um, if you're looking for Corel and Faraday, they're in the engine room. I imagine we'd be coming up at this point. Here they are! And, like, um, the doorway that you walk through flashes green and has arrows either side. <laughs> okay, yes. Hi, does everyone have everything they need? Uh, yes. Do we want to, like, disguise ourselves or anything? Or are we all just kind of going to kind of go in? Because you've announced yourself, but we haven't announced ourselves. And like we said... Uh, we fought her a couple times and put her in jail and sold her horns, so she probably doesn't like us. Up to you. You have exactly 30 seconds before I attempt to disembark this ship. I have a very quick note to make, which is a crick on his earlier perception check on arrival rolled an 18. Mm. Uh, with that 18, I should also mention something that will be useful for this, which is that your view of the city, you only saw humans, Araswati, and sights. I've always stuck out when we've travelled, okay? It's just a thing with me. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to roll the dice personally. With seeming, all of you could look different. You know, there's actually a simpler way for me to handle this, if you'll excuse me for a moment. And I go into, a, like, a side room, and I'm going to use my disguise kit just to make my... Duncan, I have magic! It's yeah, I'm saving you a spell feet. slot! <laughs> no, like... <laughs> It's not like per person. Carol's <laughs> like, I don't want your stinky magic. I want to use prosthetics. Wouldn't it be simpler just to, for you guys to put up hoods? Let Schlurp do the fun thing. Let Schlurp change you into a cow. I don't want to be a I cow. I can't do that. <laughs> your illusion magic. So I'm going to stick out. Okay, does anyone want a magical disguise or do they just want to use, like, regular lame disguises? <laughs> I'm going to use my regular lame disguise. Thank you very much. I haven't had time to shave today. <laughs> so if you want to use your spell to just give me a you know, clean with just a moustache, I would enjoy that. If you really want to use the spell, 
I mean, it's okay. It it is like every everyone like thirty feet. So, who would like to get in on this? Me, do me. Guys, if they're offering, you may as well. I can. I mean, I can make you look like a like a different Araswati. So at least if we do encounter Tali, she won't immediately know it's you. Junie leans back in her chair and is like, as well, like anyone who's visibly a hero of Yantao, that's going to draw attention. Yeah, our faces are kind of known. Um, maybe make my, I still look like me, but make my fur grey. So Faraday, Crick, Lorelei, is Junie going to come with us? Uh, you need someone to guard the ship. You're in a pirate city. That is a very good And you point. have a sick-ass ride. I think I might leave Bugsy here just because, like... He gives you the biggest, saddest eyes. Like, I'm sorry, you... I'm sorry, you're very big. And there are... T- <laughs> there are a lot of... T- <laughs> you're making this very hard for me. Uh, Lorelei gets up and stands between Schlurp and Bugsy and, and looks at Bugsy and is like, I know we have our differences. <laughs> But not today, Bugsy. You shall remain here today. I know you understand exactly what I'm saying. He <laughs> licks his lips at you. It's like, do not start with me. There are lots of other people out there who are like me. So if you go outside, you're going to cause chaos. So cause chaos here instead. Um. Okay, right. So if everyone's decide, everyone's who's getting seeming is going to have seeming. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> I would actually say that out of character. <laughs> I mean, if you really don't want, if you really don't no, want, no. If don't everyone else is doing it, Karel succumbs to peer pressure. A victory for peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> All the cool kids are doing saving. <laughs> I look at Junie and I'm like, I know you're not coming with us, but it might be quite fun. She kind of pulls a face and then she goes, "Can you give me blue hair? I could definitely do that. Cool." Okay, so this is an eight-hour spell, which is good. It, it is possible for people to make a charisma save. What is it? No. An intelligence saving throw against this and get it as a disguise, but obviously you have to be like doing weird stuff for that to happen. Okay, I think they kind of stand up straight and then they snap their fingers because showmanship. Um, and yeah, everyone is disguised. I guess just this kind of like heavy coats, maybe like some slight adjustment of facial features just to be mm. a bit different looking. Um, and yeah, like all your equipment kind of melds into you. So, like, if you're carrying a sword, obviously you're carrying a sword, unless you get the sword out, I guess. Um, and then, because they're slurred, they're going to make themselves look like synth rhythm. <laughs> no! No! Oh, Slurp! That defeats well, that, that the entire... the whole point. <laughs> that defeats the entire purpose of being here. Yeah, fine. Incognito. You just... You've made yourself even more famous than us. <laughs> this is the whole point is to be invisible. What if we're recognised? I'll make myself a famous pop star. Fine, and I'll just I'll just look like a like a regular person. Um, but yeah, so we all have like, <laughs> like a regular person cloaks and hats and various things. And Judy has blue hair now. Amazing. And Lorelei's Lorelei's got the blue the grey right. fur, and Carell. Looks like a different Apelta. How different? Am I still a worker? They, they, they look they look different enough. You've got a mustache. <laughs> yeah, an Apelta with a mustache. That's inconspicuous. <laughs> Let's go out the door. We are disguised. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. You step out into Tourmaline. The air hits you like a wall. Corel, it's really lovely and balmy. Everybody <sighs> else immediately starts sweating. Yeah, it is sweltering. There is a heat haze everywhere. And all around you, you can see... 
people on the move. Um, most of them have this kind of golden V embroidered on their shirts or like on their coats, uh, presumably marking them as corsairs. Uh, what do you do? I use I use girls to make myself a fan. <laughs> I'm fully using Druidcraft to also make a tiny, tiny breeze just around my face. Yeah, I just got my hand just on in front of my face. Let me just check my hand, sorry. <laughs> oh my god. As you guys are trying to, like, cool off, uh, you the little Chromis you're following has landed next to you, and as you're kind of standing up... Um, okay, so the KJ has three airlocks. It has two airlocks in the center of its body, which whenever you connect to a mad cradle, mad cradle in space, like a jet walk kind of thing attaches, because that's miles off the ground. When you land on the ground like this, you'll have had to, have to descend down through the hangar and the garage, and then so you'll have exited via a ramp onto the ground, essentially. But as you're standing on this ramp uh, next to you, you see three Araswati disembark from the little Chromis you were fighting. Okay, time to leave, and I walk in the opposite direction, away from those Araswati, as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, let's follow. Are there any, like, <laughs> shipping crates about? Just, just, is there anything I can hide behind as I move away? Um, it, there are a lot of people here, but I will let you try and be subtler, if that makes sense. Could you roll me a stealth check? 17. With the 17, Corel, I think you can kind of see like this main thoroughfare where all the ships are landing and there are indeed shipping crates and stuff. But you can also see little, little kind of teeny passageways where the crates don't quite line up right, where you might be able to slip away from the main thoroughfare and not necessarily be unseen, but be a bit less obvious. Yeah, so I sort of peel off from, from the group so that the most conspicuous member is not part of the group at this moment. Yeah. So, everyone... We're here on a mission. Where do you think the best place is to start looking for information? From several, you know, several feet away, Corel uh, comes out on the communicator. Watering holes. Bars. Maybe there's some kind of academic centre? Yes, Crick. There will definitely be an academic centre well, in I don't, a pirate city. I don't know. <laughs> Pirates still need to study things. <laughs> how to make... If you want to go find to... the pirate library with all the pirate I'm just, nerds i'm just saying <laughs> pirates and archaeologists both tend to hang around in places where alcohol is served do we see any pubs around perception check uh two wow crick with the two i will say you're sweating so much the sweat goes in your eyes and you're stud wiping them ah. um everybody who got above a 15 you're able to see the following uh, so, like I said before, you have like the kind of old workers' accommodation, so narrow, tiny, tiny, like British-style kind of terraced houses, like wedged together, um, and they've kind of been turned into this, this, the rows upon rows of teeny little cramped shop fronts and storefronts that kind of spill out into the street, streets in front of them. Being a pirate city, there are lots of dens of inhibition and iniquity here so you see lots of teeny little narrow houses which have been converted into bars and shops and workshops and places where things might be exchanged in a sleight of hand manner in uh, brown paper bags um yeah you see lots and lots of bars and pubs are you looking what kind of vibe are you looking for like any bar will do I rolled a nat 20, which means I got a 33%. Amazing. So what exactly do you want? And I will tell you where it is. The exact vibe I'm, or Lorelei is going for, is 
mid-range, but also sort of rough around the edges. So, like, the kind of pub that an academic who was boisterous would go to. Ah, so someone who's a fancy lad, but is like, I'm going to mingle with the locals. The cool professor. Uh, yeah, no, you do see a bar which seems to fit that aesthetic. It's essentially four very narrow old worker houses that have been knocked together into a single large, big, into a single bigger bar. Uh, the windows have neon signs behind them. Like, it's it's clean, but the aesthetic is very, like, loud and chaotic. What's it called? Oh, my God. It's called the Spit and Polish. Oh, oh I like lovely. It. Lovely. Lorelei looks at the name and is like, please do not spit in my glass, please. <laughs> as well, I'm clear as well. It's not and, it's n. Oh, n. I bet it was Excellent. And as you kind of looking at it, you can see that this is one of the... Probably one of the busier bars in the city. There's a lot of people here coming in and coming out, sitting at outdoor tables, um, elbowing each other to get to the bar. It's definitely kind of a rowdy atmosphere. Uh, Corel, there is, there is no subtle place near this bar. If you want to go here with the crew, you're just going to be. Oh in the no, open. I was just doing it to avoid the the the, uh, the on the landing pad to avoid the people coming out. Just so oh, we very fair. We weren't so obviously that group. <laughs> Page. Yeah. You might say that there's a large number of people here. <laughs> you're you're allowed exactly one R joke per session. No! Yeah, yeah we've got it. You've used wanted, it. No! You've used it, that's it. No more R's. Why didn't you tell me that in advance? I would have saved it for something better. <laughs> Do you guys head up to the spit and polish? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. Lorelei, you have the highest passive perception. You have the passive perception of an eagle. Um, so you immediately notice that as you approach the spit and polish, someone is. Um, oh, let me let me let me let me roll to see how I do. What is your passive perception? It's very high, isn't it? It's twenty three. Okay, yeah, no, I yeah, I rolled, but you immediately noticed. I rolled a stealth check, but you immediately noticed someone sidling up behind Crick, um, probably with the aims of pickpocketing him. Um, Lorelei. Because her um, quarterstaff is retractable, presses the button and slides it in between this person and Crick. Ooh, that's so cool. Uh, the person who is a skinny little scrappy human teenager uh, stops dead and looks at you like, uh, and then is kind of like puts puts their hands up and like sidles away into the crowd but you definitely uh, get and like... I no no I I nudge them and I'm like you're not going anywhere Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife Leonie as Dr. Faraday's Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, L as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you could support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.